a couple of professors from the University of Virginia did some research on the rise of addiction and drug overdose during the pandemic. Their conclusion was this, isolation is to addiction what community is to recovery. And addiction is often called a disease of loneliness. And during the pandemic, loneliness really just spiraled out of control in an upward fashion. The Virginia professor said, rebuilding meaningful social connections may be just as important to someone's recovery as mediating physical withdrawal symptoms. We get into trouble, don't we? When we try to do life on an island, when we try to go life on our own, this is a world, thanks to social media, where we have more acquaintances, casual relationships than we've ever had before. We've exchanged deep friendships to surface relationships. But at the heart of the church, from its inception, it's always been about relationships. relationship A relationship with Christ, a relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why we call this, and you often hear, hear the church referred to as the family of God. It's all about relationships. In the New Testament itself, it devotes dozens of different passages to commanding us to do something for one another. And so today, we're kicking off a brand new series entitled One Another, referring to relationships God's way. And there's power in one another. Love one another, accept one another, forgive one another, confront one another, serve one another. On and on it goes. Scriptures do, showing us that we were not meant to do life alone. God meant for you and I to be in community. The Trinity exists of who? God the, God the, and the Holy Spirit being community. And so God even modeled community for you and I as the church. That's why you always hear us talking about the importance of small groups, the importance of being connected to a small group. We have small groups here at Northside Medina. In fact, this coming Wednesday night, Medina Midweek kicks off again. It is here in this room, and I lead that. We're going to be going through the book of James at 7 o'clock every other Wednesday. Why would you do that? Well, because when you become a part of a small group where there's a small group of people that you consistently meet with each other and rub elbows with each other, you begin to learn each other's names. And by the way, I hate name tags. But it's important because when you learn each other's names, you then learn each other's needs and you then learn each other's burdens and you are able to do life together. And that's the topic we look at today, bearing one another's burdens. Our text, Galatians chapter 6, if you have your Bible, turn there, Bible app, or they'll be on the screen. And hopefully you picked up an outline so that you can kind of take notes as we go through this. I was like fired up this week. 
when I came to the building, and I hadn't been here for the last two weeks, but I came to the building, and up here on this stage was this little notebook. Is this yours? No. Then I think I know whose it is. Huh? Oh, it's awesome. But I found this little notebook, and I kind of cheated and looked through it. And it's so cool. I, I was able to relive various messages that we've shared because there's notes, good notes. And I encourage you to do that. Grab an outline. Make it more than just being here in this moment. That you can go home. You can reflect on what we've taught, what we've touched on because you have the ability to go much deeper than I do, whoever is up here, in the 25 minutes that we have. Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, only five verses long. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should what? Carry their own load. Look at verse 1. It begins, Paul does, by saying brothers and sisters. So the book of Galatians was written to Christians, to the believers. Brothers and sisters, if someone's caught in a sin, you who are living by the Spirit, that's we as believers, watch yourselves, restore them gently, but watch yourselves or you too may be tempted. And so we are to be on the lookout, looking for red flags where someone is hurting, someone needs help, and then we our antennas go up, we pay an interest to them, maybe they're on the wrong path, Maybe they're just downhearted, and we pay attention. But you know, it's easier to go down that wrong path and stray when we aren't coming to church. When you're not worshiping regularly, you'll find yourself detached, not hearing truth, not rubbing elbows with other believers, and soon the world is able to overcome you when the Spirit should be battling that. Hebrews 10, 25 says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. God's word reminding us again, we need each other. We need to be here. Paul warns, watch yourself that you also won't be tempted. I used to tell my kids when they were teens, I say, be careful. Be careful when you're trying to help someone out in the lifestyle that they're in, maybe they're going down the wrong path, maybe they're in the wrong direction. I said, if you're pouring into their life, you be careful that they don't pull you down instead of you pulling them up. Because it's, Joe, come over here a minute. All right, we're like two fairly good-sized guys. All right, if I try to pull, no, now you're not supposed to cooperate. <laughs> we didn't rehearse this. All right, but if I try to pull Joe up, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. But if 
he tries to pull me down. Yeah. <laughs> All right? A whole lot easier going down than it is going up. So I said, be careful when you're tempted that you're not pulled into that. Galatians 6.2, this is the heart of it. Carry each other's burdens, and in this you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, when you think of a burden, we think of a heavy load, something that's weighing us down, might be a sin that we've committed, might be a sin that's been done to us, might be circumstances we're in, a situation we're in, because we live in a world of sin. And sin's a heavy, heavy burden on us. That's why Jesus came into this world, to carry that burden. But some burdens may not be related to sin. Maybe a medical diagnosis, financial setback, a wayward child, wayward grandchild. Here's the definition of a burden. A burden, read this with me. A burden So it can be a lot of different things. And when you think of a burden, that's why these boxes are up here. I want you to picture a box. There are different size burdens. It may be a small burden, pretty light, pretty easy to carry. A small size box, maybe some clothes in there, knickknacks. Might be a medium burden where the box doesn't seem really that bad, but it might be books in there. It might be heavier than you think. Or it might be a large size burden, a large box. Picture burdens in those categories. Or have you ever seen this sign on the side of a box? Caution. Heavy object. Two-person lift required. That's telling us, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Don't even try. You can't lift this box, this burden, on your own. And when we see someone facing that kind of a burden, that kind of a weight in their life, Paul's saying, hey, come alongside. Get on the other side of it and help them lift that and help them carry that. But one of the things that serve, I believe, as a barrier, especially today, to burden bearing or helping other people carry their load, is too often we see people as burdens. Think about it. We're all running our own lives. We think, time for that. How many times? You get to the red light, you see that person there holding the sign. You kind of just shake their head, shake your head. We begin to see people as burdens. One of the ministries that we partner with is called Operation Homes. This ministry's whole goal is to provide shelter and meals to people who don't have a home to live in, people who are hurting. In fact, a few months ago, we hosted them in this building, and some of you rose up and you helped bear their burdens as they slept and they ate 
within this facility. Hats off to you. Thank you. In fact, I have another opportunity to do that March 6th through 13th right here in this space. They sleep in various rooms. They're able to get food from the kitchen that you all prepared. Pay attention when that comes up. For we're not to see people as burdens. We're to see them as opportunities to help them carry their weight. That's what the church does. Let me give you two truths when it comes to burden bearing. Then after that, I'm going to try to summarize, summarize all that we looked at. Truth number one, when bearing one another's burdens, our love for God fuels our love towards others. In other words, our vertical relationship, love relationship with God, allows our horizontal relationship with each other to go easier. Meaning when we're called to love our neighbors, it's more than just a feeling. It's more than just a distant pity. We actually get involved in helping them bear their burden. And it's in those moments we are never more like Jesus. There are people that you and I cross paths with on a daily basis that need to hear that we care about them. Not that we just say, oh, I'll pray for you. Yeah, I'll pray for you. No, we take interest, we get active in helping them carry their load, handle the weight that they're facing, whatever pressure it is that might be dragging them down. Someone here in our family might have received word that a close family member came down with a tragic illness. Someone maybe lost their job someone else struggling with finances, someone struggling with temptation, a teen or college student wrestling with what to do with the rest of their life. The Apostle Paul says, whenever you see people who need help, who are hurting, you come alongside, take the other side of that weight and help them. We have people within this room right now, and there are many others, but these are three that I specifically know about, and I can't see because these lights are like looking directly into the sun right now. Now I can see you guys. All right. Um, Jean Miller, battling cancer. Jean, stand if you will. Ryan Peabody, battling cancer. Stand, Ryan. Jean's undergoing tests to see what's all going on. You can ask her more about it. Ryan, I know, is going through treatments uh, for his thyroid cancer. Got 17 of 35 of the treatments down, right? Awesome. And, of course, Mary Annabelle, still battling her issues with the brain tumor. Guys, this is what the church is for. And thankfully, in a church our size, as Northside Medina is, there's no reason we can't pour into these guys. We can't pray for these guys, love on these guys. That's called bearing burdens. That's called helping them carry the weight that their spouses are weighed down as well. So I'm just going to ask you guys stay standing. I'm going to pray 
for you guys. All right? Father, we thank you so much that you enable us to be your church. And God, I know within this room there are a whole lot of hurting people. But God, we know these three are hurting especially through physical illness and a weight that they're carrying. God, let them know that we are here as a church, their family, their brothers, their sisters. And God, we're praying for them. And we love them. God, allow them to feel the presence of your spirit even today. And God, may all of us continue to encourage them, lift them up, come alongside of them, and help them carry that weight. God, we give them over in the power of your son and your healing power. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Paul said back in verse 1, he said, if a brother struggles with a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. That was verse 1. Verse 3, he comes back to it, and he wants to make certain that you and I don't think we're all that, that we don't think too high of ourselves. He says, if anyone thinks they are something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Unfortunately, some people think bearing other people's burdens is beneath them, or it's too messy, or it's too time-consuming. I love what the New Living, Translate, how, New Living Translation, how it words this, Galatians 6.3. It says, if you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. <laughs> All right? Don't look at your spouse or your friend and say, hey, that should be your life verse, you know? But we're not. Paul's speaking against arrogance, against isolation, that we should experience life with each other. Truth number two, when bearing one another's burdens, we honor others above ourselves. No one is better than anyone else. You and I, when we come to church, we come just as we are. But the prayer is, we will never leave church just as we came. Get that. We come to church just as we are. But the prayer and hope is, when we leave church, we'll never leave just as we came. And as we move in our commitment to Christ, as we gain in a more re mature relationship with Jesus, all of a sudden we move towards humble service we move away from arrogance. We move away from pride. Heard about a lady that was at a department store. She was trying to pay for a dress that she found, and she's at, like many of you probably experienced. I just experienced not buying a dress, all right? <laughs> but buying shoes, boots yesterday. You look around, you're ready to do that, pay for this, and there's nobody around anymore. And so she's looking for someone. She's staying at the cashier. Nobody's around. About 15 minutes, all of a sudden, another lady comes by. She's wearing a name tag, showing that she works at the store. And she says, ma'am, can you help me? Lady looked at her and said, I'm sorry, it's, it's not my department. And she kept walking away. She says, well, what department do you work in? 
lady looked back at her over her shoulder and says, customer service. Right? That's beneath me. Burden bearing is for every Christian. It's all of our responsibilities. And let me get real close here. If you are too big, too good to help someone in need, or you don't want to be inconvenienced, or you think burden bearing is beneath you, then you've got a bigger problem than the person with the burden. It's what we're about. And we have to make a choice. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. I love this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. And so if we see someone facing fatigue, we see someone who's totally burnt out or in pain or going through some kind of battle with an illness, God has taken each one of us through something. And we often wonder why God's taken us into that and through that, but very often it is because God wants to use our past so that we can serve and help somebody in the present. And so be alert to that. Galatians 6, 4 and 5, he goes on. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one, here it is again, should what? You and I have a responsibility. That word load in verse 6, or excuse me, verse 5, is different from the word burden in verse 2. They seem to contradict each other. I mean, how is it possible to carry someone else's burden and yet also carry your load too? What it refers to, that word load in verse 5, is that which we carry every day. All of us carry something small with us all the time. Think of it as a backpack on the back of a soldier. They're carrying it so much they really sometimes don't even realize it's there. This is a military term. So the idea is we all have small boxes that we carry, but there are some bigger boxes that we can't carry alone. We have Jesus to help us carry that small box. He also helps us carry that large box, but we need someone else on the other side. I have a friend, Jeff Stone. He ministers in a church outside of Cincinnati in Batesville, Indiana, known him for quite a while. There's a great story. A few years ago, he was talking to a stranger, a waitress. She's having a rough day. He simply said, hey, how you doing? She says, I'm worried about my grandson. He's in prison, and he hasn't had very many visitors. Jeff said, well, I'll be praying for him. Would you mind if I go visit him? She said, oh, no, you don't, need to do, you don't need to go visit him. He's three hours away. Jeff said, just tell me his name. Tell me where he is. He made some calls. He got permission to visit him, and he drove three hours to see him. When he met, went to meet this guy, he not only met him for one month, he met him each month for three years. 
traveling three hours one way, three hours the other way for three years. When the gentleman was released, he moved into the area where Jeff's family was and where Jeff worshiped and pastored. And he ended up starting to attend his church. After those three years, Jeff was able to lead him to Christ and baptize him at that church. Isn't that cool? But it goes further. The month before Jeff was to stop making those three long, three hour long drives, he got a letter from another guy in the same prison who wanted some Bible material, materials. Jeff said, hey, I'm coming up there to visit somebody else. I'll bring him to you. Would you like to just meet? Would you like to meet with me? Guy said, sure. And so on his last visit with the one guy, he meets another total stranger. And that total stranger was escorted into visitation area. Jeff introduced himself, and they sat down together. And you have to understand, most prisons... At each table, and at this particular one, there were two blue seats and one red seat. And the red seat faces in the direction of the armed guard. The guests have two blue seats to sit in, facing the other direction, and that's where Jeff was seated when this guy came in. The guy, however, came into the room and sat in the blue seat next to Jeff. The guard, of course, went crazy, started yelling at him. Jeff said, hey, I think you'll want to sit in the other seat or you're going to really tick that guard off. He said, okay, and he moved quickly to the red seat. He said, I'm sorry, I, di I didn't know that. You're the first visitor I've ever had. In the course of the conversation, Jeff learned that he had been there for over a year with no visitors at all. And he also learned that Jeff was committed to meet him monthly in that space for as long as he was there. I don't know about you, but to me that's going beyond. That's a burden bearer. That's humility. That's putting people that you don't even know above yourself. Let me try to summarize this message in one really long run-on sentence, all right? You can put the commas and all that stuff wherever you want to put them. Here it is. Burden-bearing is when your pain lives in my heart. It's the language that the deaf can hear and the blind can see. Because when you carry someone's burden, you resemble Jesus. You resemble Jesus. And listen close. God can use anybody, anywhere, any time. No, God may not be asking you to drive three hours to some prison, but he might be asking you to visit a lonely neighbor a grieving widow down the street. Or he may be asking you to regularly start calling your elderly parent. Or maybe he wants you to take a step out and join a small group. 
in humility, start to let other people in to help bear your burdens. Or maybe he just wants you to invite someone to dinner because they're hurting and you just sit and listen. I don't know what it is, but here's the good news. The good news. The God of the universe has orchestrated a plan to make certain that your most significant burden would be carried by someone who was perfect. That's why Jesus came. Because the sin burden is one of those boxes that you and I can't carry on our own. There's no way. And God knew that. So he allowed Jesus to enter into this world to carry the largest box you have ever had. Not only carry it, but banish it. It's gone. As far as the east is from the west, it's gone. And that's the most important burden-bearing experience you can ever have. And if you've never experienced that, learn what that means. I'd love to talk to you today after this service ends. Or you can come as we're about to sing a song. But let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for the church. We thank you, God, that we have a purpose here. That purpose is to be the church, to be brothers and sisters, to be a family, to not only pray for each other, but God, come alongside and help carry that heavy, heavy weight. God, use us, we pray. And Father, if there's someone here that's never experienced what it means for you to help carrying their weight, in fact, take the weight of sin away forever. God, we challenge them. God, move in them that they would make that decision today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.